What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, it is that time of the week, my friend. What's the spread? Welcome in. We got Miles on sports. This is Brad Thomas. I'll tell you something. The football season is officially, I feel like now, officially in full spread. It's so exciting. We're seeing upsets everywhere. We are knee deep in college football. This is when we really get those exciting non-conference match. I mean, those conference matchups that are starting to kind of take place. Ones that, you know, you'd be surprised to see and surprised to see probably some of our action on the other side. This is that time. And we're going to we're going to talk about a couple today where you have some unexpected, you know, undefeated teams. Yes. Uh, going up against each other. We've already got surprise teams. As you said, we got upsets. I uh, can't wait to get into it. Uh, we got a really good slate here on Saturday. College game day is headed to Chicago, Illinois, Soldier Field. This is one that you and I had, had on our list, and yeah. it, it, it's 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 not going to disappoint to uh, now because we got a couple undefeated teams here. Number 12, Notre Dame. Number 18, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's coming in here as heavy favorites, Brad. <laughs> Minus six and a half. Now, not to give away what I'm thinking here, but let's talk this out. All right? Okay. Because I, because I've seen a lot of people talking about the the line specifically. Because I want to know, what have we seen from Wisconsin? Or is it more so of what we haven't seen from Notre Dame? Miles, you know, I, I'm kind of interested in this game because I think the line is misplaced here. Maybe if we were thinking like a three-point favorite, I could kind of get down with it. And it's a neutral side game plan in Chicago. We have a Wisconsin team was two and five against the spread in their last seven. Graham Mertz has not looked good. Like, I don't know what anybody's seeing in the two games that he played, especially against the Penn State game. Two interceptions, 22 for 37. I know Jack Cohn on the other side hasn't been good, but I still think that Notre Dame are the better team. Like, that win against Purdue, a lot of backers had uh, Notre Dame as losing the game outright and not covering. It was ugly, but not only did they win, they covered. So they they exceeded expectations of Vegas. I'm going to go ahead and back Notre Dame plus 6.5 points. Yeah, we're going to open the show on the same page here. I got Notre Dame plus six and a half, and for good reason. It, it, it's like what you said. What have we seen out of Graham Mertz and the Wisconsin offense to have any faith in covering a six and a half point spread? We're talking about a non-conference matchup, neutral site, where the talent on both sides is very even. You, you could even yes. argue that Notre Dame is coming in with more talent. They definitely have more playmakers. Kyron Williams is looking like an absolute beast. Yeah. All over the football field, making big plays in the passing game, big plays in the rushing game. As you said, Jack Cohn, we knew what he was going to be. Mm-hmm. We knew that he wasn't going to be this superstar quarterback. But when you have a team like Notre Dame that always plays really good defense and has a strong offensive line, you just need a senior leader, a quarterback that's not going to make mistakes. And no, I, I like- totally agree. We got a revenge game going on here. I think he's going to go out there and, and, right. and he's going to ball out. And let's not forget. Notre Dame in their last uh, five against the Big Tens, four and one. I think this is a great spot for us. You're giving me points for Notre Dame? I'll absolutely take them. All right, what we got next? Up next, we have number seven, Texas A&M versus number 16, undefeated Arkansas. Texas A&M is a four and a half point favorite. Listen, it's a neutral side game, but it is in Texas. You better believe that the Texas faithful will be filling that stadium to the brim. Miles, who you got? So I was uh, really curious to see what Mr. SEC over here would think about this matchup. This is definitely one of those matchups that we just talked about where we have a surprise undefeated Arkansas. Now, this game outside of last year takes place at AT AT&T Stadium every year. They they decided to make it a a neutral site game. 
And there's a lot of hype around Arkansas right now. And for good reason. They played really good football. Texas A&M coming in as a four and a half point favorite. They've won this matchup nine times in a row. And if you look at those nine wins, they have covered four and a half points every single time except one year in 2019 when it was a 31-27 game. Now, I know that this is a very different Arkansas team and what looks to be a very different Arkansas program. But I think that the way that Texas A&M is playing defense right now makes the difference. I don't have... I have never had faith in the AM offense, uh, you know, under under Jimbo Fisher, and I'm not going to start now. But I think that in a game like this, again, on a neutral site, I've seen more from AM to uh, just, you know, from their program and from the talent on the field and the recruiting that it's got to catch up with Arkansas at some point. So I've been back and forth on this. I really have. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I go to place my bet, I'm going to put it on the Aggies. No, Miles, I, I, I totally feel where you're coming from. Texas A&M has been solid defensively. They've dominated this uh, They've dominated this matchup. I'm actually going to go with Arkansas, though. One thing that a lot of people are failing to realize with Texas A&M is their run defense is not that good. They're allowing, what, 239 rush yards per game where you have an Arkansas team who blew the brakes off Texas, ran ball 333 yards. K.J. Jefferson is a great quarterback for this offense. I, you know... Regardless of who's playing quarterback for Texas A&M, we know what they're going to get out of their offense. But I don't think they have, you know, that Kellen Mond type of leadership to, to kind of go into this very, very, very competitive game. I don't want to take this for much more than plus four and a half. Um, once the starts, line starts getting closer to that threes, I'll probably be on AM. But I'm thinking that they're a live dog. Sometimes you got to go ahead and go with the live dog. And this is not going to be a pick that I really want to take, but I have to take it. I just, I just can't ignore the fact that Texas A&M has, has a lot of offensive question marks, like they always do, but their run defense is going against a run team, a primary run team. And this could easily be one of those games where I get smacked in the face and, and everyone's like, I told you so. You should have taken A&M. But I'm going to go with Arkansas here in a close one. And it's a fair point about the run defense. The pass defense has been incredible, only giving up about 74 you know yards per game in the passing game. But that's not what Arkansas is here to do. They're, they're here to pound the football get it going on the ground, and if they can do that, I can easily see them not only covering but winning the game. I mean, I I, I think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of these matchups, and we talk about Jimbo Fisher, and we've talked about AM so many times. Yeah. But these are the games you got to win. Absolutely. I mean, especially at, at the level of, you know, of, of recruiting that they've been at. But what Arkansas is doing right now is really impressing me. I mean, just just from from where they've been in the past in this division, and this is you know this divisional matchup, neutral site. Really excited to see really how they come out. Can they go up against the big boys? It's it's one thing to beat you know a Texas team that continues to be disappointing. It's another thing to beat a Texas A and M team that went nine and one in the SEC last year. Yeah, no, no. This is one of those games where, as a better for my actually handle handicap, I'm not going to place a wager on this game. But from a side chooser, I'm going to go with Arkansas here. I think that this is just a game where if you guys are listening, you should don't put your money on this game. Sit back and relax. If you need to have money on it, though, in order to enjoy things, because I know there's betters like that, go ahead and throw a little sprinkle on Arkansas. All right, so moving on to a Big Ten clash. 3-0 versus 3-0. We got 3-0 Rutgers going at number 19, Michigan. Michigan, 20.5-point favorites here for a 330 kick on ABC. And I really want to take this opportunity to not only talk about the spread and which side you're on, let's talk about Michigan for a second. Give me your thoughts on what we're seeing from Jim Harbaugh's boys right now. My God. This Michigan team, 
has scored over 30 points in all three games, held their opponents to 14 or less in all three games, and they are running the ball like madmen. I think they have ran the ball for 350 yards per game. My God. It is amazing to see. It's one of those things where Harbaugh, he's got got what's what's working and working it well. You know, I, I was trying to find a way to compare this backfield that I've seen in three games from Michigan. And really, like, since uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, have I not seen a backfield this efficient where they, they have anybody who could go for 100 yards on any given day. But the way – this is my main observation about Michigan right now. And, and this is what I've talked about for years. And I talked about it in the offseason of why Harbaugh's program was failing. I feel like Harbaugh is getting back to the identity that he built with Michigan football – Back in when he started in 2015, in 2016, in 2017, playing really good hard-nosed defense and winning the game up front on the offensive line in the running game. Now, Kid McNamara hasn't had to do much yet. We he's he's looked okay in in (laughs) when he's had to do something. Yeah. The problem is that he that he hasn't had to do much. But I've just been so impressed with the identity. And we talked about this in week one, is that They've just been blowing out the spread. They've come in and they've just been steamrolling. They could have put up 80-plus yeah. on, on Northern Illinois last weekend. Uh, I mean, they they ran up as, as much as was respectable. But they are getting back to what Jim Harbaugh was doing in the beginning. Now it's early, all right? And you can argue that they haven't played anybody, but don't forget about Washington. That was still a good Washington team that they completely blew out of the water. And I think now we're getting to the point of, okay, we got 3-0 Rutgers coming in. The hype train is here for Michigan. They're 20 and a half point favorites. Who do you pick? Miles, don't bear me underwater or under sand, but I'm going with Rutgers here. Listen, realistically, we have to kind of calm our expectations down on Michigan. I think that Michigan wins this game easy. But Rutgers is a defense that, you know, coming here only allowing 11 points per game. They have a solid rust defense, a really good pass defense, and they're led by Noah Verdal, which. I think it's good enough to put up points against this Michigan team. And, you know, all it takes are some some stalled-out drives when you're a running team for a team to cover the 20-plus points. I think that this Rutgers team is also better offensively than Washington. Um, and you saw that 21-point victory by Michigan versus Washington. I think we get a lucky. We see like a 17-point victory here. Where are you at? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm Brian the hot hand. You know, I'm 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 taking Michigan minus 20 and a half. There the the Rutgers win over Syracuse, you know, 17-7 just just keeps sticking in my head and I can't get it out where, you know, it, it's Greg Schiano is doing great things with Rutgers right now, but I, I I just feel like Michigan is on a roll right now. I'm going to ride the hot hand and I'm going to go off of what I've seen is that they've just been able to do things at will. I mean, at absolute will. And I just don't think that Rutgers is that much of an upgrade from what they've seen. And there's there's nothing on the Rutgers offensive side, specifically in that Syracuse game, that <laughs> that I feel like I can that I that I can get behind. I mean, yeah. Michigan is coming off just absolute blowouts. 63 points last weekend. I don't care who you're playing. It's it's still a Division One opponent in Northern Illinois. Just what they're doing right now is uh kind of getting me thinking that someone's gonna have to figure it out yeah uh before it becomes unstoppable i mean i can tell you that as ohio state fans it's been a while since we felt vulnerable but we're definitely feeling vulnerable right now but here's the thing harbaugh's been here too many times before 
if Michigan wins this game by seven, it's a disappointment. Yes. You know, you got the 330 kick. You're at home. Like, cover the spread. We'll see. Very interesting. Um, I just, man, I I look at the game, like, versus Northern Illinois, where they had freaking Rocky Lambeau throwing the balls trash anyway. <laughs> I just, I just think we have an, a little bit of upgrade, and and I mean, twenty one points is a lot it's a for lot. a conference game. Like, and I don't think Rutgers are any slouch. They're not the Rutgers of old. Right, no doubt about that. Big spread. Let's go ahead and move on to another undefeated matchup. This one is in the Big Twelve. We got number twenty five Kansas State going at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State here, six point favorites. Okay, so. I feel like when I'm looking at these two teams right now, they're in very similar positions where I don't expect either team to get anything out of their quarterback right now. <laughs> Spencer Sanders, they got the win at Boise State last week, which in its own is impressive. But this kid was 6 of 13 for 82 yards. When in a Mike Gundy offense has the quarterback only completed six passes? Now they're dealing with a lot of injuries in the receiving core, but they really had to get behind this man, Jalen Warren, rushing for 218 yards and two touchdowns. But Kansas State's doing the same thing. Yes. They got an all-purpose monster over here in Deuce Vaughn, who basically led the offense in every category last year. 371 rushing yards, six touchdowns, six yards per carry. So both teams, I feel like, are going to try to do the same thing. So I'm taking the points. I'm taking Kansas State plus six. I feel more comfortable with that, even with – Kansas State playing with their backup quarterback and Will Howard. He made a, th- uh, a few good throws last week. But as I said, neither team is going to try to get anything going in the passing game because there's nothing there right now. But yeah. if they do, keep in mind, Oklahoma State, not just last game, they're 103rd in the country in passing yards per game. So I don't know what's going on with Sanders or with Mike Gundy, but I'm comfortable taking the points here. Listen, it's a Mike Gundy offense that is only averaging 24 points per game, uh, 190 yards passing per game, and even rushing. Like when you think about a limited passing attack, you got to have big rushing numbers, right? Yeah, 146, not going to get the job done. You said the name that I wanted to highlight, Deuce Vaughn, literally one of the best players in college football, and you guys should be paying attention to this guy. I am taking Kansas State, the plus six. I love it a lot here. So, you know, it's kind of hard to, to judge them game to game because you look at a team like Stanford where they beat 24 to 7. Who knows what that Stanford team is because they just two weeks ago annihilated USC. One thing that's been consistent is they've been doing very well in this matchup in their last 10 against um, OK State. They're they're eight and two against the spread. I don't think like I said, I don't, like you said, I don't think Spencer Sanders is getting the job done here. I kind of like another upset here. And if we don't win, I think it's going to be a close one. Typically, when you have these run battles with struggling offenses, if the favorite wins, they win it a really cheeky, like, two- or three-point victory. Yeah, I, I, I think it's plenty of points to feel comfortable with going on the other side, especially when you got two teams who are essentially in the same spot right now. Even with yeah. Oklahoma State at home, go, I'm, I'm going with the better team. Awesome. Well, before we get into the NFL, guys, I want to invite you to follow both Miles and myself on Twitter. Miles is at Miles on Sports. I'm at Mr. Brad Thomas, and the podcast is at What's the spread underscore? You can find all of our analysis and our extra plays and articles on there as well. Okay. The NFL never ceases to disappoint. Betting the NFL is always an adventure. And I'll tell you, this is why you bet props. All right. This is called what's the spread. And I love (laughs) talking about the spread, but damn it all. If the spreads in the NFL have never been, it feel, feel like have never been tougher. I mean, right. It was, I, I got beat up, man. And you know, the bets that I won, 
were totals and sides. Like I've given out bets on other other podcasts and on Twitter. The totals and sides were doing good. Man, I got destroyed with the spreads. So let's go ahead and get into it, shall we? We got we got another good slate here. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens coming off just a huge win. If you want to talk about the word program in the NFL, that was a program-defining win for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Finally beating the Chiefs. Finally. Lamar Jackson gets it done in KC. That got me hyped, man. Good for him. Good for him for proving the doubt is wrong because he is really showing out. But we got the Ravens here, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at the Lions. It's a one-o'clock game. I'll let you start. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, one thing here that I like about the Ravens is their ability to run the ball. Everyone knows that. But even with their running backs going down, it doesn't look like they missed a step. Freaking even Devonta Freeman looked great. Um, 8-10 gets to spend their last 10. 3-0 and gets to spend their last three meetings with Detroit. Detroit does look solid, but they still have a bad defense. I think this is one of those games where the Ravens puts up somewhere like 250 rushing yards and – this is one of those games where you have uh, where you have Lamar Jackson putting up huge fantasy points. I'm going to go ahead and take the minus seven and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to take the Ravens here minus seven and a half. They're eight and two against the spread uh, in their last ten games dating back to last year. Uh, as I've said before, I think Lamar Jackson is the best regular season quarterback in the league right now, and it's really yeah. cool to see how far he that that he has come. And you know that that first Monday night game against Oakland, it was their it, you know it was it was their first game. At home, it was it was the, the the stadium opener, tough loss, but their their performance against KC was so impressive, and you know the lines haven't shown me anything. Yeah. Uh, they were able to backdoor cover week one, but in the second half of that Monday night game against Aaron Rodgers, they had no answer. None. I mean, I think it was like twenty one nothing, or at least a twenty one nothing run by Green Bay to easily cover the spread. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going Ravens here too. Awesome. What do we have next? Buccaneers and the Rams. You know, when I was looking ahead at the NFL schedule, I don't know how I missed this one, but what a week three treat that we have here. Because the Rams, now that they have an actual quarterback, and how right were we about Jared Goff? Yes. Years. Just years. This kid did not have it. It actually surprises me that it took this long for Sean McVay to make the move. He's got his quarterback now. Stafford is thriving in Sean McVay's system. But on the other side, you got the defending Super Bowl champions and quite possibly a Tom Brady that we have never seen before. I mean, he, he's on pace to have his best season yeah. ever. Having that said, Buccaneers, they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll go ahead and start here. Cool. I'm taking the Rams. This line was originally Rams minus one. It has since moved over to Bucks minus one-and-a-half. This is very similar to the last college game that we talked about where I think both teams right now are playing su- at such a high level defensively and offensively that I'm going to take the home team. It's hard for me to pick against the Bucs. The Bucs are looking like a team that could go undefeated. I mean, that's how good the Tom Brady in this offense looks right now. But they haven't faced a defense like the Rams. I think it's one of the best in the entire league, and they're doing just as well on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going with the home team. I'm picking against the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Rams to win. The Bucs have to lose. <laughs> Eventually. This is tough, man. I mean, yeah. they're, they're coming from the East Coast to play a West Coast game. Uh, it's going to be a really tough road environment. I know that doesn't phase Brady, but they're not going to go undefeated. I'm going to take the Rams here. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks. Uh, number one total offense, number 22 in defense. We know that this offense is going to be electric. 8-0 gets spread in their last eight games, um, eight road games, excuse me. The home team lost this matchup last time where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost. Uh, I think it was by four points. I like the revenge 
Brady, I think this is a team that has every making to go undefeated till like those last two games of the season when they're starting to rest players. It's a defensive battle, but watch. Don't be afraid if this this uh, this game goes over the total. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, both those offense offenses performing at a really high level, and I don't think that you can go wrong here. I mean, it's it's hard to pick against the Bucks, but I'm gonna take the home team. All right, next we got Monday Night Football. Finally, get to talk about the Cowboys. We got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. Who are you take? I'm taking the Cowboys. Uh, even though you know they had to fight and claw for a victory versus the Chargers, I think the Chargers are severely underrated. You know, it's funny stat that I found here. The home team in this matchup is five and zero against the spread in their last five meetings. The Eagles looked abysmal against the 49ers. We know 49ers have good defense, but I'm just going to go with Dak. He looks good out there. Uh, and from week over week, the defensive line looked, I mean, the offensive line looked a lot better than it did week one versus week two. It's hard for me not to want to back Jalen Hurts, but my fandom, this is not going to control my wallet. I think the Cowboys cover the spread here. I think they win this one by like a six point margin. Yeah. You know, Dallas, uh, I, I hardly ever fade the Cowboys on this podcast and it's costing me dearly in the past. (laughs) I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Dak, but here's the thing, Dallas in their last nine games as a favorite, they're one and eight against the spread. But if you're looking at just this matchup, as you said, the Eagles gave me nothing last week. And also, you've got to keep this in mind. This is the home opener for the Cowboys. They have had a brutal start to their schedule, having to go at Tampa Bay for their ring ceremony on, on opening night, then go yeah. all the way to the West Coast to, as you said, play a very underrated Chargers team, come away with the victory. Now they get to come on for Monday Night Football against the, their hated rival, the Eagles. I think they're going to be smelling blood in the water here. I think they're going to come out fast. I think they're going to come out with the lead. And Dak is looking just as much of the MVP pick as I had in the beginning of the year. He's looking just as good as uh, uh, as I expect him to be. Yeah, you, you're he was right. Before the injury last season. Yes. So uh, – I'm also going to go Cowboys here minus three and a half. I'm I'm surprised that it's that it's not uh, higher, but that's where we're at. Hey, I'm glad that you're on that side. Last, we're going to talk about your boys. We have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Pittsburgh. Pittsburghs are a three point favorite. This line has came crashing down, and I'm going to start. I'm going to take the Bengals here. Listen, Ben Roethlisberger hasn't thrown a pass all week. He's dealing with a pectoral issue. That offensive line is terrible. They're averaging 55 rush yards per game because they can't get any protection. I know it's the Bengals, and I know that the Bengals have looked god-awful, especially last game with Joe Burrow throwing three interceptions on three consecutive plays, but I'm going to go ahead and take I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals here. I just think that in terms of being the better team right now, I'm going to take my chance on the Bengals because the Steelers might not have been Roethlisberger, and you got to get this line before it gets to like one or even where it's on the other side, and you're betting the Bengals as the favorite. Yeah, Steelers open at six and a half point favorites here. It's all the way down to three. The Bengals are just so bad. On yes. And that's really what stuck out to me. One 19 and one straight up in their last 21 road games. They're one and nine overall in their last 10 games against the Steelers. I picked this game so that I could fade the Bengals. They never play well against the Steelers. And the Steelers have all kinds of issues right now. But I, I just don't really know where this Bengals offense is at after two games. I mean, I do know that the Steelers aren't moving the ball, but what I do know is that the Steelers always play well against the Bengals. That's what I'm going to say about that. I'm fanning the Bengals. One, 19 and one straight <laughs> up in their last 21 road games. I can't do it. 
hey, I didn't want to bet this game at all. And then here you have me. I'm digging into this game, and I'm, like, scratching my head, and I go, battle of bad offensive lines, battle of bad quarterback play, battle of big question marks. But, hey, I'm glad that uh, we got to talk a little football. Guys, we're going to introduce you to our next next segment, uh, the goal line. So please stay tuned. Welcome into the show. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're excited for you to join the podcast. I'm, I'm excited at the action that you're going to discuss. The first one, Miami Dolphins taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Where are you at and why? All right. I'm going to take the Raiders to cover at four. Reason being, that game last week against the Steelers, I think that the Raiders really solidified themselves as a top five team in the NFL right now and as a possible Super Bowl contender. Pass yards at 373 yards against the Steelers. That's over 100 yards more than the Steelers allowed in any game last year, which is crazy. And it's the most yards they've ever allowed at home in six years. So I feel like the Raiders' pass game seems to be on. Josh Jacobs might be back for them so they can get their run game started. And the Miami Dolphins have had a crazy quarterback situation in general. Now two is out. We got Brissette in. I think this is an easy cover at minus four. I totally agree. I I mean, if you look at the Raiders week over week, they're really proving that that defensive line is legit. Max Crosby playing out of his freaking mind. Like, I think that I, I would probably play this up to five and a half, six. I think it's going to be a, a, a big victory for the Raiders and they're going to continue this momentum. It's one of those things where this is one of those seasons where John Gruden kind of had to solidify his decision making in the in the draft process. He reached for a lot of guys, but those are his guys, and, and they're really starting to come to fruition. So I like that pick. And you got to think too. about I John Gruden, think- right? Like John Gruden is finally showing w- what he is here to do, right? All all these draft picks, all the work that he's been doing, this might be the, the best team that he's had. I would agree. I was going to say, I think minus four is honestly low. At that yeah. point, I, I would have thought it would have been at least at six right now. So I'm very shocked that it's a, even at that. Absolutely. Awesome. So your next play is a, is one that we covered a little bit earlier in the show. And I'm glad to see that you're siding with us. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about your Baltimore Ravens play. All right. I'm picking the Ravens to cover at minus eight against the Lions. I mean, Lamar Jackson last week. That's probably, arguably, the biggest win of his career Against the Chiefs, 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes, who he said is pretty much his kryptonite. (laughs) And uh, he's the first person ever, and the Ravens are the first team ever, to get a win against Patrick Mahomes in September. So I think that's a huge feat right there in itself. And Jared Goff is going to be way easier for the Ravens as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, interceptions, he's had seven in his last regular season games in eight. So I feel like... This one's pretty easy, too. I think that Jared Goff's also suffered his worst loss ever against the Ravens in 2019. He had two interceptions in that game, and he lost 45-6. to Didn't even score a touchdown. So I feel like this one is also a pretty easy cover at minus eight. Absolutely. No, I, I love it. People forget that this defense, that this Detroit Lions team is terrible defensively. I alluded to this last week, and I'm going to allude to it again. They are terrible the worst rated defensive efficient team in the NFL. It's stemming back from last season. It's continued over to this season. I think that Lamar Jackson's going to have a big afternoon, and we're going to see a lot of action out of these running backs. Any thoughts this game, Miles? 
I'm going to tell that one. I mean, we, you know, we, we talked about it. I think, I think that that's our best NFL bet of the week right there. Ravens cover. Awesome. I think so too, because it also helps. I don't think the lions have allowed Deandre Swift to get going at all. Yeah. He's more in the pass game than in the run game. So I think that's going to be something that plays in the Ravens favor. Yeah. I was seeing like Deandre Swift's like goal. Line, I mean, red zone carries are like criminally low for a guy of his caliber. Right. Um, when you're trying to feed two mouths with him and Williams, it's, you've got to solidify their roles a little bit because I think they're, they're two very different kind of running backs. Um, but I don't think he's going to get a lot of, a lot of shine this game from the run game, because I think they're gonna be playing from behind early and be down big in this game. I couldn't agree more. And always take a hot Lamar Jackson. Always. You get the opportunity to take a hot Lamar Jackson, take it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. Miles, can you tell them one more time how to follow Taylor so they can get all of her great analysis on Twitter? Yes. Make sure at TMath11792, working for Bet Karma and DFS Karma. Awesome to follow on Twitter. Awesome. awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Guys, be sure to download the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or however else you get your podcast. Best of luck this weekend, everyone.